0: I'm Derek Fuller, and this is my podcast about design criticism and practice. On this episode, I am talking with the designer, the writer, and critic Bryn Smith. Bryn is a graduate of SVA's design criticism program and has written for publications like Core 77, Designers and Books, and the AIGA blog Eye on Design. She also recently co-wrote the excellent book 20 Over 80 and teaches in the graduate program at RISD. I met up with Bryn back in August at SVA in New York, where we talked about what it's like to get an MFA in design criticism. And then we also talked about the role of a design critic in major publications and how to write about design for general audiences. And then finally, how to use designed artifacts to talk about larger cultural issues. So this is a fun and Wide-ranging conversation, and having studied at SVA, Bryn brings a sort of different approach to criticism uh, that was really great to learn about and to talk with her about. So, thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy this fun conversation with Bryn Smith. I wanted to, to... Actually, like, kind of going off of that, I wanted to start with you with kind of what your background is, because I actually don't really know how you got into this at all. Yeah. Um, and so, like, like kind of what was your kind of story?
1: Uh, so, well, the sort of which came first, designer writing, is yeah. an interesting question. I think, in some ways, writing came first, and then design, and then the two sort of merged. Um... When I was younger, like, you know, junior high, high school age, I was a pretty strong writer and I did a lot of write like creative writing and that kind of thing. And, uh, I feel like people used to, I used to think I wanted to be a journalist. Um, but I also was really interested in design or graphic design, but I didn't know similar to what you were saying. Like, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. Um, So this is
0: like high school, it's
1: like high school, like junior high, high school probably, okay. like I, my mom used to buy me, my mom is, um, my parents are both creative, my dad um, works with computers and he's retired now, in um, finance to some degree, and my mom um, is a textile artist, does a lot oh, of like okay. sort of different things, we did a lot of like crafts growing up, that sort of thing. And she used to, I don't really remember how it started, but like she used to buy me communication arts and I used to oh, look at it yeah. and uh, try to like figure things, like I really liked looking at it and those sorts of other types of, we had like art magazines and things around. Um, and so that made me think that, I was interested in writing and journalism, but then that made me think I was also interested in advertising. Right. So when I went to college, um, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I ended up majoring in journalism with a focus in advertising. But the more I learned about advertising, the less excited I was right. about yeah. advertising. And I, I ended up not going. Uh, I went to the University of Colorado in Boulder. Okay. Um, for a lot of different reasons, but uh, it was it was sort of strange. I I studied journalism and advertising. Um. But, as I said, the more I learned about advertising, the less I wanted to be in it. Um,
0: But, so, like, you were, like, studying both because you didn't know, like, you were interested in both, and you didn't know what kind of direction you wanted to go in?
1: Yeah, to some degree. I think, I think at that point, I didn't necessarily want to be a writer. I wanted to be, I wanted to do something creative. Right, Um, right, right. And I was also taking, I was doing, like, a certificate in, um, At that time it was called technology arts and media so it was like learning flash and then taking like color theory um and then taking these sort of uh like looking back on it, these you know ad classes where you're like writing copy and pitching commercials that are terrible um but then i studied abroad my senior year and i kind of missed the like portfolio portion of school and when i came back i ended up taking a class um with an adjunct professor who was a graphic designer And then I was like, oh, graphic design. I mean, I think I had already been kind of figuring it out. Um, But then I was like, oh, graphic design is like the thing I want to do. And so then after that, I moved to New York, started working as a graphic designer um, as a freelancer, just on my, like, started uh, as an intern working for a design studio that did um, work for nonprofit clients, started getting other, like, freelance jobs. I did a lot of, like, the beginning, I did a lot of, like, production and pre-press work. Right um fast forward like 10 or so years uh i was feeling really stuck as a designer like i I kind of had my own business but i was doing a lot of freelance work and doing a lot of like on-site production work feeling kind of unfulfilled and also remembering that i had this passion for writing
0: and so during that time were you doing any writing
1: at all or it was like you were
0: just a designer. I yeah, I was
1: just like a straight up okay. graphic designer, self-taught. Because I had sort of, you know, I'd sort of studied. Yeah. Um, like I said, some of those formal things in college, but I didn't go to art school. Um, I learned on the job right. uh, when I was here, and then yeah, I don't think I was really doing any kind of writing. And then I was thinking about going to grad school okay. because I was sort of ready for like a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was this decision of. Do I like go to Cranbrook and figure out how to like turn what I've been doing into like a more um, like personal driven practice? Yeah. Um. Or do I go into writing and then I discovered yeah the design criticism program here at SVA right. and I was like, oh, this is all of those things in one. So you
0: were thinking part of it, you was like you were thinking that you might abandon design, or what were you thinking of kind of Cranbrook or writing,
1: Um, was that
0: writing about, were you thinking about writing about design at that time? I think I
1: was, I mean, it's a good question. I guess I've never really like unpacked it. I think I had a, I I think I was really torn in terms of, I wanted to do more writing or I thought that was like, I thought that was maybe more of a a good, like a long-term way to expand my practice. So, I, I was still thinking like I would be a graphic designer, but that I would also write in some capacity. I think if I had gone like the Cranbrook, Cranbrook route, yeah. um, that would have been more straight yeah. design work. And I think I was, I guess what I was trying to say is I also think I was really torn in terms of like what's like a pure thing to do as a designer. Yeah. And yeah. I think if I was being really honest, I probably at the time would have been like, Cranbrook seems like the thing. Right. Like right thing, but it actually wasn't That's the
0: right so thing for me. Yeah. Um. So, so you found the decrypt program, and that was like, oh, this is this combines these both things that I was interested in, and was that kind of like an immediate? This is the thing that I want to do. Yeah, it was. I
1: remember like flipping through the catalog and seeing like the pictures of the the. I think it was the first year that they had it because I, I can't remember. I think I my class is either the maybe the third or the fourth year, um, but I remember being like, oh, this is both of, yeah. like, I can have yeah. everything if yeah. I do this. I can still be a designer, and I can learn how to write about design, and I can kind of expand um,
0: what right, I'm doing, right.
1: um, but it kind of made sense in yeah. that way. Like, it was combining the writing background with the design practice that I had been doing into one
0: thing. What, what, kind, uh, what was that kind of experience like, actually being in those classes and Going through that program,
1: uh, I think it was it was interesting. I mean, I think I think it really broadened my understanding of design. Um, again, I hadn't really studied it formally, so in some ways, I had been practicing for a long time. So I felt sort of ahead in that realm. Like I had ten years under yeah. my belt as a professional designer. So I felt like I knew I knew how to make work and. Um, do that sort of thing. But like we had a really amazing design history course and all yeah. that was completely new to me. Like oh, I right. didn't really know that much about industrial design. Um, I knew about like, I knew things about architecture, but I hadn't like studied it formally. So like yeah. Alexander Lang's class or oh, right. going out and um, into the city and then reviewing buildings, like those sorts of things. All that was really eye opening and sort of, um, and really nice. It was also really good for me because it was, It's sort of interesting. One of the, uh, I don't wanna say flaws of the program, but maybe um, there wasn't as much of a focus on graphic design actually.
0: Oh, oh, it was like design and like the broadest.
1: Yeah, and we we definitely looked at like industrial design, architecture, um, and kind of a lot of different facets, um, cities and urbanism, but graphic design wasn't actually as much of a focus, it was really good. It felt like a, I felt like I needed a break from that. And so I kind of got that. And then I actually ended up bringing it kind of back in with my thesis work anyway. Um, But it was was sort of a nice change in that sense.
0: And had you, before that, had you ever, I know you said that you kind of had like stopped writing, but was this kind of your first time writing about design or like actually seeing those kind of two separate interests that you had kind of like come together?
1: Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. I mean, I think like when I was thinking back to when I applied, I think I had to submit a writing sample and I dug up like a paper I had written um, when I studied abroad in college. Like I didn't have like any kind of clips or like anything. I wasn't like, I didn't have a blog. I wasn't, I wasn't really doing any kind of writing before the program.
0: And how did that, how, how did... I don't know how to phrase this question exactly, but like how did kind of going through that program and from the way it sounds like thinking about design in kind of like different ways than you had been working, how did that change, did that change at all how you thought about like the design work that you had done and were doing?
1: Yeah, I think in some sense, I mean, I think, say i think i think in some senses it sort of goes back to that like opening of like what design is i think i at the time i was going back to school or thinking about going back to school design felt like this really graphic design felt like this really small world i had a lot of friends who were in illustration i had a studio and i worked with all these sort of different people um but there was a sort of like cult of personality in terms of the people who were well known or like the people that you already knew of, the, like, Sagmeisters or the, um, those sorts of bigger name people, Um, and it seemed like this really small, inclusive club, there was no way, even though, like, again, I had a lot of experience, there was no way I was going to, like, start teaching or start writing or feel confident in doing those things, and I think um, when I got to Decred and started expanding and like understanding design from like a different point of view it just like exploded yeah the world and also made me think like oh okay like design the craft design is really small or these worlds are really small but they're all kind of related um and there's kind of different ways in yeah that aren't there's not like one way to do it
0: when you this is this is probably a bad question and it might be like a little bit of a trick question i don't mean it that way but like when you you and I might be like projecting this onto you, also, but it sounds like, and this also could just be how I kind of like came to to learn about you and your work, um, and like a narrative that I've kind of put on you. But it, and hearing this, it sounds like you kind of went into the program, seeing yourself as a designer. Would you? Did you? When you kind of graduated from that, did you see yourself more as a writer or as a designer, or like how did you kind of? Yeah wrestle with those kind of two things.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I was thinking, of, I was thinking about that um, earlier as I was thinking about this conversation because I think, I think when, I, when I graduated and for a while and maybe even still, I'm still like I'm a graphic designer because okay. I think that like titling is yeah. actually really interesting um, and the way that you like phrase your bio and how you kind yeah. of write it for different audiences. Um, But now I don't know. Now I feel like I'm shifting into this phase of my career where I am doing more writing and editing. Yeah. So it feels harder to be, like, I feel like in the last six months I've had to sort of change when I'm introducing myself. At the same time, uh, I'm very interested in, like, still kind of claiming graphic design, like being a graphic designer who does writing and editing. Yeah. And that that's not, like, a separate identity. Um, And it's something that, like, uh, I tell my students at RISD too. Like I, I think it's sort of of one thing, um, right. but I find myself even like I'm saying even now, sort of shifting to okay. But I'm doing like the majority of my time right now is spent writing and editing. So therefore, like what does that what does that make me? So I think right away I was still like I'm a graphic designer slash yeah. critic slash right you know right. A, trail a of like hyphenated trail of title. things. Uh, or even, like, I feel like for a while I could still say, like, I'm a graphic designer, full stop, and it encapsulates these things, now, Yeah. now it's kind of well, getting a little blurrier.
0: Well, when I talk to when I talk to Michael Rock, and I've heard him say this in other interviews also, but he has this phrase where he says that uh, design is just an elaborate form of writing, and it's the same type of process, you just have more tools or materials that you use. Yeah. Um, which, strangely, kind of feels like a good definition for me in a lot of ways, um, but I'm I'm kind of curious now. It's like how how those two activities relate to each other. Now that you are doing more "quote unquote" writing and editing, yeah. How do you think about that as like a design process, or how does that you know change how you think of yourself as a designer, if at
1: all? Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know that. Um, I mean, I think I think what you said is true. That the 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 process is really similar, and I think. Um, there's sort of a strange thing that happens too when you end up like on the other side of a of a meeting where there's designers and writers and yeah. um, and I think it's it's sort of a in some ways it's sort of a refreshing change um, but I think in in like I don't know it's a tough it's a tough question to answer I think like in terms of like job definition when you're like in working on a project it's very clear that Right, of course you're right, like right. influencing one another and you're commenting on the design work and things um but I don't know I think, I, I think I'm in a period of like figuring that out um, yeah because I don't right now at least like in terms of like I said I think I'm shifting to this period of like doing more writing and editing um and I think I would hope that the next phase would sort of remerge again right, right um but right now like I'm, I'm not doing a lot of um other how
0: does, how does your design background shape how you think about editing?
1: Uh, I don't know, that's a good question. I mean, it does, it's one of these things where I feel like it, of course, like it's your background so it informs everything yeah. that you do. I don't know that I... Um,
0: like, do you think, I mean, do you think that you bring something as an editor with the design background than an editor who doesn't have a design background? I guess is kind of the question yeah.
1: there. I think it's tricky. I mean, I think in some senses it kind of depends on, it kind of depends on the project and the people you're working with. I think in, in, some, in some ways it's sort of that thing I was talking about where you're in school, where you're, or when I was in school, where um, you have to kind of take yourself out of the right, equation right. Of, of the design project part of it. Um, so there's that, but then in other ways uh, I think there's like a level of knowledge and understanding of like how the design process works, where you can actually yeah. be like a better yeah. Yeah, yeah, collaborator, yeah. Yeah. And facilitator. That's um, but I think it kind of depends on the project. Yeah. I wish I had a more like robust statement in terms of like how I put. Yeah, no, no, it. Kind no, no, that's varies. interesting.
0: Yeah, I wanna I wanna talk about criticism a little bit and design criticism. Um, and I, I have kind of a couple questions kind of related to that, and, and I think you have a, an intro, compared to the other people I've talked to, you have an interesting kind of point of view on this, in that you actually studied in a program that was called design criticism. And so I, I guess like just very simply, like how do you think of, what, what is the role of design criticism and how do you kind of think about that as an activity?
1: Right, I think I think the role of criticism often is to um, like illuminate design or the different sort of, or design criticism criticism more specifically, specifically. Um, I think it acts to illuminate the design process for people who aren't designers so a lot of it is sort of To me, anyway, I think, and the the things I took away and really enjoyed about the program was this idea that um, you can sort of like broaden the conversation around design, where it doesn't become so insular, but there is actually more of like an exchange and a dialogue between. I don't. I don't necessarily even just mean like the general public, like explaining, like talking down to them, explaining what design is, but actually like including them in the conversation and also including other designers in a way to like facilitate some sort of conversation. Well,
0: that was something that was actually going to be my next question was this is something that's come up in a lot of the with a lot of the people that I've talked to and it's been something that I've been thinking about a lot is when, when you talk about design criticism or writing about design, the kind of inevitable next question is who is that writing for? Yeah. And there's like definitely. A split whether that split needs to be there or not it's there of are you writing for the profession and for practitioners or, or is this writing for the general public yeah and so I was just kind of curious, like how do you think about that like do you do you kind of see that split or like kind of how do you think about audience and things like that
1: yeah I think I think again sometimes it depends on like what the project is um because I think,
0: like, do you see do you see a, a a value in having kind of like a rich discourse in criticism for non designers, I guess? I
1: thought you were going to say designers. Um, I, yeah, I no, to, I think but... I I do. I think I think in both ways. I mean, I think in this in the sense that um, you know you could say that design is becoming much more widely understood by a greater number of people. Uh There's less of a barrier to understanding even kind of what it is. Um, I think, like I don't, I I think there's less people growing up thinking, what is this strange thing I'm interested in? Yeah, And then not knowing what that is until they're in college. But I don't know, that's probably still happening. Um, But I also think, I also think there's this like hunger and desire for discourse and criticism within within design, more specifically, and gra- graphic design even more specifically. In that, um, what often happens is you have kind of side conversations, or conversations with students, or conversations with other practitioners, and there's a lot of like interest and feeling around things that are happening in the design world, but no one really wants to kind of go there, write about it, or like.
0: Yeah. Rock the
1: boat, Um, and I think that's the kind of stuff that's actually really interesting and um, challenging.
0: I'm glad that you brought that up because this is something that's come up in probably every interview that I've done, and i was starting to think that like maybe this is like some kind of like insecurity that I have, and maybe I'm the person kind of like bringing it up, and so I'm glad that like you started this because something that's come up in all of them is this kind of idea of like the hot take for the kind of social media instant reaction to Mm -hmm. either like a rebrand or some new kind of, you know, whatever like the hot design issue is. Um, And are those types, because those types of conversations are happening, are there not kind of like what you're saying, like a richer, kind of like deeper investigation or questioning Mm -hmm. about what this stuff means for... The larger profession, but then also for the larger audience.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I would connect the two. Like, I don't know that it's happening or not happening because it's happening on social media. Although I think that's a hundred percent true. And um, if if those conversations, I think those conversations are can be valuable even as yeah even as they're
0: yeah yeah
1: the opposite of that sometimes. But um, I do think. I guess I do think there's still, like, a desire for, like... There's just not people writing. There's just not people doing it. uh, Myself included. um, Because writing takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And uh, I don't know. There's that sort of cyclical thing of...
0: Yeah.
1: Everyone should write more, and we need to have more practitioners who are writing. And this crisis of where's the criticism.
0: Right. I I, I mean, and that's kind of, like, that's something that I'm... This is starting to get a little bit meta commentary on what I hope this project becomes, but like that's something that like I don't want this to be I hope that wh- whatever I kind of like make out of this project and what I, I don't want like these interviews to be uh, where is the design criticism like we need more people talking about design because like I don't know if I actually like believe that because mm-hmm. I do think that there are more people talking about design yeah. than ever before. Um, and so, like, I agree. Like, I agree with you hundred uh, percent. And I just wonder. I, I think, like, the 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 question that I have is kind of like the question, like, behind that question, which is, sure, we, you know, it would be great if more people were writing about design, more practitioners were writing about their process and the work that they do. But then, like, what what is the value that that adds? Like, is that just is that just for other designers to kind of like, you know. Talk about is there some kind of right. larger value that, that adds? Oh, and I talked to Koi Vin, we talked about like that kind of stereotypical medium post, which is uh kind of prevalent in like Silicon Valley culture of like their writing and it's has the kind of front of criticism or some sort of critical idea, but it's also kind of self promotional for their startup and yeah. things like that. And yeah, it's just like
1: that's where I think. That's where I think that bridge to the broader audience gets really interesting because I think something we used to talk about when I was in school was, you know, you have an architecture critic, you have a movie critic, yeah, and you have yeah, like yeah, yeah. theater yeah. critic, um, but like where's the design? Where's the design critic? Right. Um, right. And in some places that that person does exist, but just that that could be kind of like another facet that is just a given. Yeah. Um, the kind of have that, that those conversations that are happening like around practice or in that kind of insular way could seep into the, those sort of broader conversations and there could be some sort of forum. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's the question, but Yeah,
0: no. Do you think do you think that that's something that's needed or or like there that there is a a good that comes out of you know, the New York Times having a Staff writer who is a design critic? Sure.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um what is that what is that value? Is that the next question? Uh,
0: sure. Yeah. What were you no, say? I was gonna yes. say what what do they write about? What what are the, the issues that a design critic
1: writes about? That's a good question. Um I mean I think they could write about Typography, I think they could write about I mean it's hard because I think I think in some sense my training like in that sort of design can be all these sort of things broadens into like architecture, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, urbanism and the and like there is an architecture critic, so like that that like right, the, right. you're saying, like that's kind of taken care of. Um so what does that other person write about? Um like I think there's um there's someone at the, at the um, at the Times or New York Mag who um, is a cultural critic and writes a lot about music and um, film and fashion and all these sorts of things. I actually think, in some ways, I think it could be someone writing about that logo that blew yeah, up on yeah, yeah. Twitter and everyone's, but like getting to the bottom of that in a way that's not just like regurgitating right. that conversation, right. but actually having a conversation about what that conversation means in design. Yeah. Because that's more interesting. And I think, I think some of those pieces are being written and talked about. Um, but if there was someone who was like on that beat who could kind of investigate those things when they flare up, right. um, I think it would
0: be interesting. Do you think this... This is probably a bit of an unfair question, but do you think that that type of person needs to come from the design profession? Or does that, should that be an out, a person who isn't trained as a designer?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: or does that even matter? Like I'm I don't, know, I'm
1: thinking I don't like, know if it matters. I mean, I think in some sense, we used to debate this sometimes because I think um, Rick Pointer would always come up in this sort yeah, of yeah. Um, conversation in that he's not trained. He didn't train as a designer, but then writes about design. Um, or you have people like um, um, the architecture critic Paul
0: Goldberger. Goldberger. Yeah.
1: Who you know famously says, "Like I was a terrible architect, so I became a critic." Uh, I don't think it has to be that black and white. Like I, I think as long as that person, I, I think in some sense it's, it's nice to have the design background because right. you're able to. Understand things maybe a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More specifically, as long as you kind of bridge that gap to, like, not have to explain things from like a very rudimentary level every time. Yeah. Um, at The same time, I, I could see the flip side of being like someone from an outsider perspective, writing about these issues yeah. could be interesting too. But but I kind I guess I kind of land more on that. I think someone with a design background or who studied design in some way would have a, a better.
0: I'm 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 thinking about. And I don't mean for this to like sound like a debate, um, but I'm thinking about like people like I, I went to a panel. I watched a panel um, a couple weeks ago in, in Brooklyn with uh, A.O. Scott, Emily Nossbaum, and Wesley Morris, uh-huh. uh, and somebody else whose name just slipped my mind talking about criticism. And I then think Wesley
1: that, Morris is actually the critic that I was talking about. I think okay. isn't he?
0: What, He's at New York Times.
1: He's at New York Times. What is, yeah. his, what
0: is his... Mostly like movies and like TV.
1: Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I else. Anyway. He's, if you don't know him, you should read him. He's
1: yeah.
0: probably one of my all-time favorite kind of critics yeah. writing today. Um, and and it's, I, it's actually good because I kind of wanted to talk about the way I think about his writing is, um, and I think Emily Nassbaum does this also in, you know, they've never made a movie. They've never... Uh, made a TV show, um, which is fine. But what I think is interesting about their writing is that they kind of use the artifact of the movie or the artifact of a 30-minute television episode to talk about some larger cultural issue. Yeah. Um, So like Wesley Morris, for example, Deals a lot with race and kind of identity politics and things like that. But at the core, there's all these like kind of pop culture touchstones that he uses. Yeah. Um, to kind of say like, oh, look at all these kind of questions about race right now. Or all these questions about identity and sexuality. Right. and But using those things as kind of like his starting point or like his way into those things. Um, and I, th- I don't know. I think there's something... To graphic design that kind of has the ability to do that also because it is so kind of embedded in the larger culture. Sure. Yeah. Um, c- could design criticism be this thing that is, you know, equal parts about typography but also about politics and the world? And, Things like that. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I think that, I think that's sort of where I was trying to get to with yeah. the like conversation about yeah, yeah, yeah. the social media thing. And um, now that you've talked more about Wesley Morris, that is that is who I was yeah, yeah. talking about. Um, because yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think it's one. I think it's it's more accessible and it's like a larger conversation. Yeah. And I think the sort of circular argument or problem that design like design criticism or like. That kind of graph design conversation always gets into is that just like insularity, and so right. yeah, that breaks it right. out. But once you start connecting it to these larger themes, and you start trying to connect it to things that are actually happening, and people can kind of resonate with right. people more, um, I think you can make those connections, and that conversation is really interesting. More than maybe more so um, than the specifics of
0: yeah,
1: kind or of something.
0: Yeah, and like I don't know, I and that's like kind of. My always question is, is, is it because I'm so kind of like embedded in this world and I'm trained as a designer and so like, I understand typography and stuff that if I read about design, I'm, I do not want to read about the typography as much yeah. unless there's some kind of like deeper thing behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I, it feels like there's more that, can we talk about around the artifacts like, yeah, no, I think, I, think, interesting. I
1: think that's definitely true, and I think uh, similarly, I think the things that I get excited writing about, I was writing a column for a while for EIGA IN Design about design in the wild, like, oh, yeah. things that were happening in the everyday, right. um, which I found, which, which, yeah, I find much more, like, interesting and um, even for myself than, like, critiquing a new typeface or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think con- that kind of connection to how it's used, yeah. how people are actually interacting yeah. with it, and sort of that larger conversation.
0: I have just a, a couple of questions just to kind of like wrap it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, who is doing the most interesting design writing in your mind, or who, who are writers about design that you are, are drawn to at the moment?
1: Yeah, um, Alexandra Lang, of course, yeah. you who know, you've already talked to. Yeah. Um, she was a teacher of mine a decret, and I think I've always been really, really interested in the way that she writes about spaces, um, and describes things and is so kind of visual and on the ground. I, I yeah. really love that kind of reporting. Um, Carrie Jacobs, who's another one of uh, my yeah. teachers, and actually maybe someone else that would be really interesting yeah. to talk to. Um, she uh again is someone who sort of situates themselves like within a space or um really connects to like the experience of right. whether it be like a building or um I worked on design for people and she wrote oh, yeah. the introduction to that book yeah. she came to the studio and kind of embedded herself um in in Scott Stoll's studio and sort of told the story like like from the inside out that way, which was, which was and actually, I, I think, um, to give Chabo credit, I think it was her idea to sort of, um, to think about her writing the essay in the way where it's like, she's like visiting a building or like going on a oh, location, yeah. kind of. Yeah. That's um, interesting. And not that that would have happened otherwise, but I thought it was just an interesting way to kind of think about
0: um, yeah. an
1: essay.
0: Um, I wanna, do you, I guess now that it's kind of more of your, job do you write every day
1: in in some capacity yes i do write every day i don't uh but little but little sort of small things um and of course lots of like really banal like emails and um, tweets that sort of thing i think like longer editorial pieces that sort of thing are still are still quite spread out um and for me, challenging, I think, as I said before, I think writing sort of a love-hate relationship, it's a, always a really, it's just so time-consuming. Right, right. Um, and I always find I have to sort of, like, ramp up to, to like, really write something if I'm yeah. trying to commit to it. Um, so I do write every day, but not not maybe in the way that the kind of writing that you're describing. Right. Like, I wish I... Right. Was getting up and writing for an hour. Yeah, you know, before work or something.
0: Um, really feasible, but. Do you? I want to. I just want to end talking a little bit about your new book. I feel like it's interesting. I haven't read it yet, but I've flipped through it in yeah. a bookstore, and I think the concept is interesting and just. I feel like we can kind of like talk about that a little bit, and it's sure. kind of tangentially related to kind of all this stuff we've been talking about yeah. a little bit, and to this what I hope this project becomes also. So kind of what were the origins of that? Where did that kind of come about?
1: Yeah, so, so the book is 20 over 80. Conversations I didn't want to
0: say it because I, I never remember if it's 20, 30, or 40. Like in oh, my probably, mind, yeah. I, I, every time I, I give a different number of like the 20 number. So it's 20. It's
1: 20 over okay. 80. Um, so obviously sort of a play on sort of emphasis on the new young emerging uh yeah. and sort of flipping that a bit uh i came into the project a little bit late eileen kwan who also okay. came through the this um, sva decrypt program started working on the book with the princeton architectural press and then brought me in to work on it with her um because i had been doing a lot of interviewing and our interests were sort of aligned in that sense, so we started working on it together. But basically, it's a it's a um, it's a book of twenty profiles of sort of legendary yeah. designers, architects over the age of eighty. So we spent a long time. It's a
0: great idea, too. Like I'm surprised no one had done. It's one of those where it's like, oh, how has no one done this
1: before? Right. Yeah. And I but think there've been. I think there've been little panels or things here and there. Um, I believe that Steve Heller actually done
0: uh, a
1: panel at some point that tied in somehow. Um, But yeah, we did these profiles with these sort of 20 people, um, everyone from Ricardo Scofidio to Denise Scott Brown, um, Milton Glaser, um, a wide range of people and sort of practices
0: and so what was that you were kind of interviewing? Was like that kind of your main role in that? Were you... We did. So
1: Eileen like, and I did everything from determining who we were going to interview to interviewing them to editing. We had an editor, of course, that we worked with at Princeton. Um, but but yeah, we basically yeah. put the book together um, and then we worked with a the designer okay. there. Um, but... We started out um, doing kind of longer interviews, like these sort of epic, long, long interviews, um, which I'm sure, as yeah. you've been doing more yeah. interviewing, you realize like short and sweet is kind of great. Yeah. Um, we didn't really. We sort of had sort of topics and things that we came back to um, for everyone, but we had different sets of questions. We do tons of research beforehand okay. before we talk to people, and then kind of try to tailor. Each interview to that person because uh, we were really interested in sort of the historical aspects of right. this generation and kind of coming of age in the 1950s and sort of how technology has changed and how their careers had changed um, and just sort of emergent themes like across yeah. those generations yeah, yeah. Um, and then we kind of we kind of divvied in some sense where we would one person would kind of take on we did a, a few of them together, but then we kind of split up and took to them months separately. And,
0: and, yeah. and it's kind of been well received. And
1: it's been well sure. received. Yeah, people are people are really into it. We've done a few. Um, we did a panel at the Strand. Oh yeah. Um, and then 90 Second Street Y, and we might be doing another event this fall um, that we're trying to figure out. But it's been really it's been really um, rewarding and nice to see that that people are yeah. interested in it. And I think. Um, you know, I think there's a, a good mix of people who everyone knows, and then people who are maybe less yeah, well known too. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's been really nice. But yeah, it's been it's, it's sort of this weird thing where we were. I mean, we worked on it for I think almost three years, and so it's sort of this strange, oh, like wow. yeah. out of body experience yeah. for it to be a printed book that you can
0: pick yeah, up. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. I I'm Congrats. excited to like. Buy it and actually read it cover to cover because the, the bits that I have seen, I've loved. Great, thanks. And thank you for talking today. Yeah, this was great. You're
1: you're welcome.
0: This episode was recorded on August tenth, two thousand sixteen, in New York City. Our theme music is by Andy Borgasani. We're on Twitter at Surface Podcast. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and at ScratchingTheSurface.fm. Thanks for listening.